Well, the 2021-2022 season is officially over with the Rams winning the Super Bowl, but now it's time for the Chargers to try and build their own Super Bowl contending team, and it starts with the draft. And for the Chargers, there are three players in that draft that could potentially be impact players for them this upcoming season. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. We've been covering the Chargers now for over six seasons and we're heading into our fifth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Thank you for making us your first listen today. We always appreciate that. And of course, you can always find the show by going to subscribe to our new Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also following for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcasts from. But David, it's an exciting day because it is Mock Draft Monday. And even though the you know, Rams won the Super Bowl and all that, I don't care about that. I care about the Chargers getting better to potentially make it in 2022, right? And I think it starts with the first round pick because it's going to be a huge first round pick for the Chargers. That's going to, you know, really determine how we look at these draft classes. We've seen it, them hitting on big picks before like Derwin and, you know, other guys in the middle of the first round were Sean Slater, all those things. But it's going to start with the big impact players. And today we're looking at three impact positions for the Chargers where they could definitely improve, including a guy potentially playing right tackle and another guy playing on the edge and David Ajabo from Michigan. But we're going to start with Nicobe Dean, a potential linebacker for the Chargers who doesn't have a lot wrong with him. There's not a lot to pick from as far as the faults in his game. And he showed that, you know, in their national championship run. But today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, David. Well, back to our mock draft Monday. And every week we've been breaking down three prospects that the Chargers could potentially select in the first round. And this year, it seems like there's a lot more options. Last year with 13, it seemed like there were considerably less options for the Chargers to take at that pick. But with this draft class being a little muddled at this point as far as who the elite talent is and where that drop-off starts, right, and how many for-sure prospects there are or can't-miss prospects there are in this draft, there's a lot of different players that have been mocked to the Chargers at the 17th overall pick, and we're going to be talking about three more that we've seen mocked them, starting with Georgia linebacker N'Kobe Dean. And this is, you know, one of those things where we've talked about the Chargers need impact players on the defense, David. And even though... They have, you know, Kazir White coming off of a career season. We don't know what's going to happen with him in free agency. And the linebacker pitcher behind him is really, really confusing because you don't really know what you're going to get out of Drew Tranquil after, you know, up and down year last year. And Kenneth Murray obviously took a step back. So you do need impact players and you do potentially need a linebacker. Yeah, you definitely do. I think you also, you know, looking at Nakobe Dean, you like the profile he brings to the table too. Like you said, there's not a lot of things this guy doesn't do very well from the linebacker position. You need a guy who can stop the run. You need a guy who can cover. Like Nakobe Dean can do that and more. So I think the Chargers have sorely missed that type of linebacker that can really get after it against the run. And, you know, they can definitely use a guy who has this type of profile. Yeah, and I, I think and when I saw him playing in the you know college football playoffs, he was a menace against Michigan. I mean, he blew that game up a lot of times. And then he was also really good against Alabama. But there's big plays both times, and that's one of the things he brings to the table is just the splash play ability. I mean, tackles for awesome things like that. He can get out in the fly. He has a really high football IQ, so he can blow up screen plays and plays like that while also 
being really physical, even as a guy who has pretty short arms and isn't the biggest linebacker. It's not the dude that you think of as just, you know, 250 in the middle that's just cracking dudes and filling gas. But like his run fits are exceptional. He seems to always find the right gap. He seems to do really well in traffic, even for a guy his size to come away finding the ball carrier. And I think there's just a lot of things where you see him doing that you wish you kind of saw from the Chargers linebackers. And Kazir White could be back. Maybe it makes it less of a need. At the same time, we don't know at this point. So when you see someone like this in the first round who does seem like a special talent at linebacker, it makes it a little bit interesting. I'm not sure he would be my first choice, but obviously there's a lot of pros on the table for Nicobe Dean. Yeah, Nicobe Dean was a guy that when I put the tape on and, and watched several of his, of his games, it didn't take me long to really like this guy and what oh, he yeah. brings to the table. He does a lot of things really well. Like I said, I think he's a true three-down linebacker. I think he has good natural uh, coverage skills. He did a lot of it at Georgia. They, you know, they really moved him around the formations, and they they trusted him. And you can really, you know, you can really see that with the way they utilized him. I think one of his best qualities is he stays calm in the chaos. He does not get lost in the traffic. He's really, really good at discerning where the ball carrier is going and make, you know, making the right moves to be able to get that ball carrier on the ground. I think you know, he does a great job of shedding blocks, but I think one thing you that we talked about before the show is defeating blocks. I think that's definitely a great way to put it because he's not the biggest guy in the world. He's you know six foot two twenty-five, but he does not let people get in his way. He uses tremendous quickness and you know some ferocity uh to really get you know, get out of the way, you know, and get these blockers away from him, not let him, you know, kind of get taken out of the play. He does such a good job of that. He also can really run sideline to sideline, saw a lot of high effort plays out of him. And he's a very effective pass rusher. If, you know, if you just put on the tape and did not know where he played uh, on the football field, you would think this guy is an edge rusher. If that's all the only snaps that you saw him do, like this guy is the real deal. He had six sacks, uh, ten and a half tackles for loss, and and you see why. I mean, he really, really has a, a very exciting, enticing profile from the linebacker position. Yeah, especially as a blitzer. I mean, he does such a yeah. good job of attacking the half man. Right, he's not running into dudes and stacking them and shedding them. No, he comes in at a hundred miles an hour and makes you try to get him with one arm. Right, I mean, he has a nice yeah. little rip move that he uses to pretty much get past every you know offensive lineman that's in his path he does a great job getting skinny through the hole right sometimes he goes in a little bit too hot i mean definitely overran some plays there if you are trying to find some slides but comes in like a missile and that's what you want out of a blitzer like he usually when he blitzes he's making an impact unless they get the ball out right away like he's going to impact that play from a pass rush perspective he's going to get some pressure truly and the other thing that was really nice is not just him coming in really fast because he does show some finesse there too because he has some really good timing on stunts too where he lets the play develop a little bit and then he shoots and he waits for the opening and then explodes and it can do that you know as well with passes in front of him right does a really good job when passes are caught little check downs and things he explodes he closes quickly he limits the damage if he throws a little screen pass you feel good about him tackling in the open field he gets there quickly, and that's one of the things with the box, right, just beating linemen to the spot. And he does a great yeah. job diagnosing by watching the linemen and what they're doing in front of him, what they're pulling, follows them, figures out where the run's going to be, and then gets there first, which is such a big part of it, When you, especially when you're someone that doesn't have that prototypical size and length. Right. I think the one thing is, David, is just the positional value of taking a linebacker at 17, especially with the Chargers' needs. I mean, I know they need impact defensive players, and yeah. sometimes just because he isn't the biggest guy, if you know linemen connect with him, He can get pushed out of the way, right? He can get controlled a little bit, but it's just really hard to actually get your hands on him. 
Yeah, definitely. It's very, very difficult. I mean, if an offensive lineman does manage to get their hands on him and and is able to lock in, then yeah, you, you can definitely get him out of the way. But that's very difficult to do. I'd only saw that on a handful of occasions sure. throughout the games that I was watching. He does a great job of that. But I, I, I did see some ankle tackling out there I, I, that I don't necessarily like. I just don't like that approach. Stay on your feet. Don't don't do the ankle tackling. That that's just too easy to step through that. Uh, also, I, I think he needs a little bit of of, uh, of work tackling in space. I, I think there's, you know, he he does a decent job of that, but I think that's one thing that you can clean up. And I'm I'm really nitpicking here because this is a guy I really enjoyed watching. And also, I, I just I guess the one year of big production, just looking at his college stats altogether, that is a, a little bit suspicious, a little bit alarming, but. Overall, this is a prospect that, you know, if the Chargers take him, I don't know how comfortable I am at 17, um, just because of the same things you were talking about with the positional value at that pick. But, uh, you know, if you even step back just a couple of picks, I mean, this is a guy I think that could step in and really make an impact for the Chargers pretty, pretty much right away. Yeah, and like that's the important thing to remember, and I'm glad you talked about it. It's like these are all really good prospects we're talking about, especially on today's show. Like I like all of these dudes as prospects. It's just yeah. are they the right fit for the Chargers at 17? Because I think especially with N'Kobe Dean, it's like are you going to take him if one of the corners you like gets there, right? Are you going to take him if one of the edge rushers that you like gets there, right? And that's yeah. the thing because those positions obviously bring a lot of value. Maybe one of the top tackles drops, right? Or maybe you're really high on one of the other tackles that will potentially be there. And those are all more important positions. But you see what this dude does, and it's hard to imagine him having any other impact for the Chargers besides a massive one if they draft him to play linebacker. I know it's a really tough position. Kenneth Murray has found that out. Devin Bush, Devin White, those guys struggled. Roquan Smith struggled early on. It's a tough position to transition to. But he just does so many things so exceptionally well that really the only thing you can nitpick on is his size. And that's really something that it, it, you don't really think of a lot when you watch him. You're not usually thinking when you watch Nicobe Dean, this dude's too small to play at that position, which is pretty crazy considering, you know, how what the kind of, you know, magnifying glass we're looking through to see these guys and trying to figure out their faults and things like that. So yeah. Nicobe Dean, a very, very highly rated prospect, definitely a guy that both of us like the pick at 17. That's a little tougher just because of that position. And and, and as we keep going through these guys, now we're going to get through nine prospects today. We're going to have a better understanding of where he would stack up on our wish list, you know. But I think the one thing's for sure, both of us really, really liked what we saw from Nicobe Dean. Just like I really, really like the taste of Built Bars. And for me, when I'm talking about a protein bar, I need the taste. I need it to taste great, especially, you know, when you're feeling bad about all the food you ate at the Super Bowl. It feels really good to, you know, have a built bar that's going to get you through because you can feel like you're cheating on your diet. I had to take one a couple with me to the Super Bowl just to make sure I didn't like totally gorge myself. I had a couple of built bars and I'm like, all right, I'm having something good. It tastes great. And there's so many good flavors, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. You can go with the puffs, which are really great too. The first ever protein infused marshmallow that you can get with the built puffs and great flavors that like cinnamon churro. How can you go wrong with a cinnamon churro flavored anything? But all built Bars taste delicious, and they're 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. Most are loaded with protein. Most bars have 17 grams of protein, while less than 4 grams of net sugar or net carbs and sugar as well. And they taste delicious, right? And there's so many flavors like mint brownie. You can go coconut almond. You can go salted caramel as well. You will find a flavor that you love with built Bar. And the great news is as well, since you listen to this podcast, you can save some money um, built bars, my favorite protein bars. If you go to built.com, you can use the promo code locked15 to save 15% off your order. It's promo code locked15 to save 15% off at built.com. 
All right, Dave, well, time to get into the next prospect here, a guy that I'm very excited about and maybe, you know, through the draft process, maybe he's, you know, his name gets put up there uh, a little bit more where it seems a little bit more unattainable for the Chargers because he plays such an important position, but it's edge defender from Michigan, David Ajabo, who was in a giant shadow cast by Aiden Hutchinson, obviously. Yeah. But this is another one, David, where we talked about in the last segment at linebacker. You don't know what's going to happen with Kazir White. You don't know what's going to happen with the Jen Wosu, depending on what that price tag is going to be. I think both of our instincts would tell us, you know, you want to bring back in a vacuum with Jenna, especially. But even, even if you do bring him back, is that even enough? Sure, because it wasn't enough this year with him and Bosa. Like, and exactly. obviously Joey Bosa has some injury history. Uchenna has been inconsistent. So it's never bad to draft an edge rusher, especially if there's one you like, especially if you feel like he can be an impact player. And that's one of the things that stands out. But just as far as what the Chargers need, though, David, even with those two guys, like you still feel like edge rusher is still a pretty big need. Yeah, I, I think honestly, you're always looking to add talent to the edge rusher position, just like you're always trying to add corners because, especially yeah. in the draft, because you want to get these guys on those cost controlled contracts where you can keep a player, retain their services for four to five years, depending on, on when you draft them. But uh, I think we've seen in the past, the last three or four years, if it's not Joey Bosa, then who is it? I, I mean, I think that's a legitimate question to ask yourself. There's no one else that's really been able to add that type of pass rushing presence that you're looking for. So do, do the Chargers need to add a pass rusher? Yes, they, they absolutely do. Yeah, and I guess maybe, you know, if you don't get Nuosu to come back, maybe it puts more of an importance on it and you feel like you need to take one in round one, which is obviously not a place you want to be. You want to draft from a position of strength where of you're able to take the best player available, obviously. And to me, I mean, at least as far as the nine guys I've watched so far, he could be that guy. I mean, between him and Jermaine Johnson, I think that's a, an interesting discussion because they do different things really well. Uh, Johnson is a much better run defender. But as far as things to like about David Ajabo, there's just a lot of things you can't teach. I mean, I think he's going to test freakishly once he gets to the combine. Like, I, I think the dude is a freak athlete. Watching him run down defenders in space or quarterbacks or, you know, offensive players in space, like quarterbacks, running backs, things like that, like, just seems like he's moving at a different speed. It seems like he's at a different gear. So, like, obviously, having a, an athletic freak like that to pair opposite of Joey Bosa is super interesting to me. And the other thing, too, is, like, for a guy that, you know, didn't start playing football until his junior year of high school, the moves are pretty nasty. Like, he can win with speed around the edge. He flattens out his angle to make a play on the ball and the quarterback. He gets his hand on the quarterback. He beats the tackle around the edge. And he has a nasty spin move as well. So, as far as pros for this guy, there's a lot of things that you like. And, like, one of those guys where you're like, oh, let me get my hands on that dude and see what I can do with him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think at the edge rusher position, you're always looking at, hey, what, what's the profile I have to work with? Well, you got six foot five, 250 pounds solid. You know, with a he huge definitely, wingspan, too. Yeah, he, he looks the part, for sure. When you're building a pass rusher, you want a guy who is imposing, has those has that length, has that quickness and speed that you're looking for. Kind of a think, Leonard Floyd build, too, which we've yeah. seen you know, Brandon Staley have success with. For sure, and I think you know that is a, a profile that, that I think would really lend itself to – you know, rushing opposite of Joey Bosa. I think that is something we're in agreement with. 35 tackles, 11 sacks, 12 tackles for loss, five forced fumbles here. Size and length you're looking for. That's the first thing that jumps out. Um, he doesn't just go for the sack, Daniel. He goes for the football. And I think that's a really important thing to point out with him specifically because that's something Joey Bosa kind of added to his his tool bag 
really recently and really just this year he led the league in forced fumbles it took him a couple of years to kind of figure that up to have a it's guy a very mature thing like you usually want to go for a big hit especially as like a younger player but this exactly. guy shows a really good awareness for that definitely stands out right because hey the sacks are great too but if you can get the ball back to your offense <laughs> that's a much even different better yeah. right even better so that's something that this guy understands right away i think he has a very good get off and i think he does a pretty good job of setting the edge although I, I do acknowledge some things that he needs to clean up against the run. But overall, I mean, with a guy this raw, I think you absolutely love the profile and the bag of tricks he already has accumulated through only a couple of years of organized football. Yeah, it's crazy because this dude, you feel like could make an impact for you just from an athleticism standpoint, just from where his game is at right now. Like there would still be some splash plays you would get out yeah. of him. while also – seeing how much untapped potential there is there because i mean he could add to the pass rush repertoire for sure but the oh, yeah. moves he does have down are super super impressive like it, it's hard for offensive tackles to keep up with this dude around the edge and you're always worried about that spin move coming back to haunt you like and when you have a guy like that that's making big plays you know obviously it helps to have aiden hutchinson on the other side of you and that's going to make yeah. a big difference he had a lot of one-on-one -on -one situations where he was abusing some tackles especially you know don't let that dude out in space. You don't want to see that dude. You know, if you're a tackle, you want to see him in close quarters. And I think the one nice thing is you've seen him shed blocks effectively. I mean, he has the crazy wingspan that where he can get, you know, his hands on offensive linemen and get them out of the way and does a great job with contain too, especially for a guy who hasn't played football that long. His yeah. ability to kind of push running backs inside, right back to the inside, back to where his help is, yeah, back is really help. good. Yeah. And when guys try to get outside of him, especially even while he's being blocked, he has the wingspan, such a crazy wingspan that he can still bring you down and, rack and explosion you up. too. It's not just sure. the wingspan; it's the explosion to go along with the wingspan. Yeah, I can get you, but I'll also I can react quick enough to bring you and get you on the ground. So well, and finishing that—that's yeah. that's one of those huge things, Dave. Because how many prospects have we watched, especially over the last few years, when we've really been getting they into get it? There. They get We're, there, right? They're they so close. Yeah, and, and finish they the play. Chris Rump was one of those guys last yeah, year. Right? He exactly. wasn't a great finisher. And we've seen how, you know, Melvin Ingram had some problems with finishing. Like this dude, when he gets there, he's finishing you. You know, he's oh, throwing yeah. you on the ground violently for the most part. I mean, he's getting the football a lot of those times. So I think mm -hmm. you love the way he finished plays. And that's yes. such a big thing. But on the downside of that, yeah, I mean, he's not a perfect prospect. And there's some things that I'll have to work on as well. I don't think necessarily his strength is an issue. But when people, you know, when he hesitates and can't get his hands on an offensive lineman first, he can get controlled. I even saw it happen yeah. with tight ends on certain occasions. If he lets guys get inside of him, I mean, usually if a tight end, he was just shucking with no problem. But mm -hmm. on those times where he hesitates, he can get driven out of the way. He can get pushed out of the way. I did think there was a lot to like as far as his run defense, but I think that's one of those plays where his anchor is just a little too inconsistent to where yeah. you feel good about him just being a, you know, plus run defender at the beginning of his career. But I think that that's something that, you know, you were willing to work with. It's still something that you just don't know because you didn't see a ton of just crazy, good, you know, not getting driven off the ball in those situations. Yeah, I think this is a prospect where you look at the fact that he has all of the physical abilities and gifts that you're looking for from an edge rusher. He may may not be the most technically refined player, and that's going to be to be expected with a guy who hasn't played football that long. And I think that's one of the things that shows up as not of not really necessarily a negative, but an opportunity. I think if you get this guy in front of 
lack of experience NFL coaches. Yeah. And you get him in an NFL film room and you kind of teach him how to really process the field and really unlock the mental aspect of the game. If you're able to marry the mental aspect of the game with the natural physical abilities that are evident in, in, you know, in this guy's profile, then, you know, you can really unlock something special. So yeah, I think educating him on the game is one of one of his opportunities also, you know, the run, the run, uh, his game against the run, I think is something that he can really improve on. And also his leverage. Leverage is always something that you always want to keep in check. And he's six foot five. He's a giant guy. So if he kind of, you know, watches some Jermaine Johnson, right. And he uses his leverage, you know, to his ability and kind of unlocks that. I think this is a, a very attractive type of player at 17. I don't know if I'm super comfortable going at 17 with him just because I know there's some stuff that you're going to have to mold and you're going to have to deal with some growing pains for a little bit until you kind of get everything on the page you want it to be on. Yeah. And I definitely understand that. It's going to be fun to kind of flesh things out when we get through with going through most of the guys that are going to potentially be there for the chargers in the first round, which is still changing every day. This is the first day post Super Bowl, So like, now the more mock drafts and things like that, and there's going to be a much better discussion, I think, about where these guys all stack up against each other in a class where I know it's kind of, you know, not thought of as a super loaded class, but like I feel like the Chargers are going to have a good player fall to them at 17. So I think that's the thing that's nice is like you still are going to have a solid option at 17 as to where maybe some years there's more top end elite prospects and then it drops off a little more. I think there's less of a drop off after the top 10 than there is in most years, at least from what I've seen so far. So I I think at 17, he's one of the guys I like so far. And I think one of the problems is, is just based on the pure explosiveness, the pure pass rush ability, give even with what his weaknesses are teams, teams love that, you know, like that's what they're willing to take chances on. And like, I think he could potentially not even be there for the chargers. you know, some of these teams who need edge rushers want to take that chance because he's one of those guys that'll make you think, okay, get this guy on my team. I'll refine him right. and just the, all the things you can't teach or what just I'm get him in the building in. and let's see what happens. Right. Yeah, exactly. But for the chargers, you know, one of the things they did last year was find that left tackle to kind of be there for Justin Herbert cementing that position was so big for them. So I understand why this year, when you're looking at the defense and all the players it needs, you still understand, Hey, there's still a whole lot right tackle pre free agency. How we're looking at things right now. And there are a couple of guys there that are, could be a little bit interesting for the Chargers to, you know, think about bookends for Justin Herbert over the next at least four years with him and Rashawn Slater on those rookie deals is something that's very attractive. So there's one in Bernard Raymond that I want to get into for sure. But I do also need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast is BetOnline.net. Football may be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds, totals, Play your performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. And guess what, guys? I mean, March Madness is only right around the corner, and that is literally the best time to bet on any kind of sports. It's the wildest weekend of betting on sports that you can find, and BetOnline.net is where you're going to want to be for that for sure, including you know more big UFC fights coming up. We had another banger weekend with the UFC last weekend. I was getting my money, and I had tied to Ivasa. You know, that was nice. Definitely had the champ. Israel, the last style bender, Adesanya in there too. But Bet Online is the only place that I go because they have the most creative bets. They have the best tournaments you can enter into, the best bonuses and big prizes that you can look at. And if you head to the website today or use your mobile device, you guys can learn about all the trends and where the action is heading at Bet Online, where the game starts. 
All right, David, well, there's one more guy to talk about today, and he's a guy that was definitely put on my radar by Daniel Jeremiah, whose opinion I really respect, right? And he is a lot higher on this guy than some others. But Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan, the Chippewas, the Chargers looking for a Chippewa potentially with the 17th overall pick. Great name, great name. Yeah, of course. I mean, a great name for sure. And a guy that is a really cool story because he's another guy that's an international player, right? He got into football late and was playing tight end for Central Michigan for the first two years of his career before transferring. That's you know, right, tight end. Yeah, transitioning to be the left tackle. I'm like, hey, you were tight end last year. Now you're the left tackle. You know, who's supposed to be the best offensive lineman on the team and put the weight on seemingly effortlessly. Like, it, you know, it doesn't look like a guy that just, you know, is struggling to deal with the weight that he's put on. I mean, there's a lot of things to be impressed by with this guy. So, I mean, this is a very varied opinion on him because, I mean, I was telling you before the show on the draft network, you know, and some of these scouting things, the draft network, he's the 75th rate of prospect. I'd be stunned. No, the season's over if he didn't shoot up those rankings. But, David, as far as the need for the Chargers goes, we don't know what's going to happen with Storm Norton. The Chargers can have him back if they want, but it's hard to say you want to go into the season with that being your playing at right tackle. We know how nice it was when the Chargers got Rashawn Slater at the 13th overall pick. So I think that's why taking a tackle at 17 is not off the table. And it shouldn't be off the table because we know that right tackle is a position that Chargers need to address and they are going to address because Brian Balaga is on his way out. I mean, he's as good as cut as far as I, I look at it. I don't it's just Chargers hard to cannot, imagine. They can't ima- they cannot bring him back with one well, in Tom Tuesco for all the things he struggled with, right? Like there's been times where he's let go of the guys that don't have a big guarantee that you yeah. know the last couple of years. I mean, Casey Hayward, for example, you know, played pretty well this year with the Raiders, but they were just never gonna keep him with what that cap number was for right. the Chargers last season. And it seems like a similar position with Brian Belaga. Yeah, the rip, the ripcord has been built into that contract for sure. For and this exact reason. Like, yeah. why build that in if it wasn't for, hey, if this guy can't stay healthy, like, there's no way we can bring him back for that year, you know? Yeah, and they're definitely going to do that, no question. So the Chargers are going to have a different right tackle to start the year. Now, are they going to address that position in free agency and get a stopgap, or are they going to look for a more permanent solution like they did with Rashawn Slater? So we know it's a position the Chargers are going to attack. Yeah, and this is another position, I think, where free agency will tell us a lot, right? I mean, yes. it's hard to say you were going to take another third-round pick like the chance you took on Trey Pipkins, right, and assume that that dude's going to come into you, you know, to start right away. Uh, I mean, you'd think if you're looking at someone who you think can start right away, it probably ends in, like, the second round as far as being having realistic expectations, and maybe that's even pushing it. Yeah. Um, and I haven't got to the second-round prospects and guys like that. But this is a dude I'd love if he fell the second round. I'd jump all over that. But I think this is a dude who solidly put himself – into first-round conversation, which is impressive for a guy from Central Michigan. Another guy we were talking about is from Northern Iowa, right? All these, you know, power, group of five schools showing up with these massive offensive tackles that are going to be first-round picks. Some corn-fed boys. And, and like I said, David, I mean, there's a lot to like here, especially for a dude where you know that there is some upside just from the standpoint of he hasn't been playing offensive tackle very long, and he looks super comfortable at the, you know, yeah. the – at that spot and the things that and a lot of people do, you know, to that offensive linemen struggle with, you know what I mean? Like some of those things that you need, like a lot of experience to pick up, like picking up blitzes, you know, and yeah. then picking up stunts and things like that. When you have to hand off assignments and pick up new assignments. And like, he was super mature in a lot of those areas that you wouldn't think for a guy who's only been playing the position as long as he has. 
Yeah, again, first thing I look at always is the frame, and this guy has that in spades. Six foot seven, 305 pounds, and this is a guy who was able to put on that weight, you know, go from, you know, a 240-pound tight end to a 305-plus pound offensive tackle uh, in the matter of a couple of years. That takes some tremendous discipline to be able to put that weight on and also have it look natural, too. I mean, that's... Right. He carries uh, it well. Yeah, he carries it well for sure. So he's got that ideal frame. I thought he had a pretty good anchor. I might not be it might not be his best attribute, but I I thought it was decent. Uh, one thing for sure, when he gets his hands on you, it, it's over. You're done. Grip that's strength. The, that's the end of the rep for the defender. He has tremendous grip uh, grip strength. He also deals with the combo blocks very very well. I think that was one of his underrated you know best attributes is. He's able to, you know, take on one block and then attack another blocker that's also coming. He's always looking for work. I think that's definitely something that you really like. Also, a guy that does have a mean streak for sure. Yeah, you definitely like that. I mean, the competitive nature is there. Uh, Will finish dudes and bury them in a hurry if they get off balance. He's not afraid to do that. Had one play where he basically like choke slammed a dude into the ground who tried to jump up and bat down a pass. And with how many passes we've seen batted down. You love to see that. I'll take it. Oh, yeah. You want to try to knock that quick pass down? All right. Well, have fun on your back. Have fun, uh, (laughs) you know, trying to find your breath again after that. And and that stuff he has. Not quite as feisty as the other guy in Trevor Penning that we've evaluated so far, but same nature, right? Both of those dudes. And he sticks to blocks, too. I mean, there's a couple reps, you know, I think he wishes he could have back where he's not sticky enough. But as far as sustaining blocks, I think he does a really good job there. And yeah, I mean, connecting those blocks, getting to the first block on a double team, getting up to the linebacker, getting up to the secondary does a great job there. I think that's one of his strengths moves really well, you know, as a former tight end, maybe that's not super surprising, but covers ground exceptionally well. The athleticism is good there. Good job handing off stunts. Only one sack allowed according to PFF at 762 pass rush snaps. That's obviously very nice. <laughs> That's <And> amazing. <laughs> physical at the point of the attack. I wouldn't call him like a bruiser. I don't think he's a true bruiser. I don't think he's a true, you know, mauler, so to speak. Neither was Rashawn Slater, right? So that's not, no. uh, you know, a death knell by any means. But, like, does plenty. You know, yeah. is, is physical at the point of attack. Can get a little bit of push. I, I liked what I saw from him there. If we're going to the downside of things, I mean, the lack of experience, for sure, obviously, is is something that hurts the the competition that yeah. he played against there were a couple of you know reps in the senior bowl when he started going up against those you know guys who really owned the senior bowl that week the defensive line crushed it and, and he had some really rough reps i mean from everything i heard at least you know on social media and stuff like that it seemed like he settled in some people liked what he did there but that is something when you're coming from central michigan he did have a game against missouri where he's playing against the big dogs obviously the lower tier of the sec uh, but it was nice to see him compete against that guy you know those guys because he definitely it didn't seem like it was too big for him, but some pretty bad reps at the senior bowl, I think, hurt his stock a little bit. Uh, but I think there's a lot more to like than to not like. Yeah, and also to be to be fair, at the senior bowl in those one-on-one situations, tough, that, that's incredibly hard. Like, and also like these guys are these edge rushers are coming in trying to make their own money too. They're trying they're trying to improve their draft stock. Just but it's not going to get any are. easier at the next level no. either, though. You know no, what I mean? Not. That's the tough thing is, like, you're going from those dudes who are going to be, you know, spread throughout the draft to going to dudes who are pretty much all first-round picks, second-round picks, you know. For sure. So, 
Yeah, I mean, he struggles a little bit with the speed at times. I think that's what we saw, uh, you know, in the Senior Bowl and a little bit on his tape as well. Um, for me personally, I, I think that, yeah, he's athletic enough to get to the second level and, and really get to those next blocks. But I think he needs to be a little bit more accurate when he is trying to pick off those defenders at the next level. He gets to those spots, but I think he can be a little bit more and even more impactful in those situations. Also, you know, just the last thing is just the lack of experience, you know, being transition not not just in you know high school we're talking about transitioning in college right. from a tight end to an offensive lineman not only an offensive lineman but an offensive tackle the most sophisticated position to learn and this guy to have only two years on tape at offensive tackle like that's incredibly impressive with what this guy has able to to put on tape and i think this guy has a profile and, you know, the mental ability to really get a lot better at the next level. I think this is a, a kid that put enough on tape to intrigue you. Uh, at 17, nah, definitely not for me. But if they the Chargers trade back and we're talking somewhere in the 20s, 23, 24, 25, I'm a lot more about it at that point. Yeah, for sure. And it, it just comes down to, you know, is, are there, how many guys are going to be that you like more than him at that spot, right? And it becomes a little closer you know in the 20s because like i said i mean i for me if i'm grading it probably a late first round grade i think i like him better than i've liked a lot of the top tier you know the second tier guys from the last couple of drafts you know after the the big guys the christian darris Rashawn slaters that we've seen panay sewell before that you know and the andrew right. thomas class with all those dudes tristan Wirfs, crazy They're like the second tier of those draft classes i like this guy better than a lot of those guys that ended up going late first second round there um but yeah at 17 there's just going to be someone there that I probably like more, but I definitely understand it. And I think that at right tackle, I mean, he could come in and you would deal with the, you know, growing pains right off the bat. And he could still, by the end of the year, still be a lot better of an option than what you saw from the Chargers at that spot last season. So there's definitely a lot to like. Like I said, if it's a second round pick or something like that, you know, if you're trying to trade up in the second round to go get this guy, I would understand it because there's a lot to like there. And you, you feel like, projection wise there's a lot he could still do a lot better just with how new he is while still being really mature for like you said such a technical position like it's yeah. so hard to be an offensive lineman and it's you know there's a reason why there's not only a few really top-notch elite linemen i mean Rashawn slater this year was an all pro at his position it's hard to find really good offensive linemen that are good like that right away yeah i don't know if he would be but he's definitely a prospect I would be interested in if I'm the Chargers because you'd think that he could go and play right tackle and eventually he's going to be a solid starter with what you've seen in his college tape. But there's a lot, so many more prospects to choose from, David. I feel like we could come back next Monday and have three totally different dudes uh, that have been mocked to the Chargers on the first round. Will. I'm excited to see. <laughs> and we will because Mock Draft Monday <laughs> will continue next week. But on tomorrow's show, we want to do some Super Bowl lessons now that things are all said and done. I know everyone's like those playoff lessons. So we're going to do Super Bowl lessons one that Joe Burrow maybe learned the hard way in the big game on Sunday. But that's going to do it for today's show. To make sure you never miss a show, go subscribe to the new Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And make sure to rate and review if you like the show as well. We very much appreciate it. And it definitely keeps us going for sure, especially during the off season. <laughs> but we're going to have a ton of great content for you guys. And we have a lot of great interviews that we're planning coming up as well that we're going to get on here and really spice up the offseason but it's time to get into what's going to make the Chargers a Super Bowl team in 2022 so if you ever can't find the show on any of 
you know, podcast or on YouTube or whatever, you can always find it on our social media. And you can follow me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports, David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD. And you can always hit up the show's page at LockdownLAC where we post the show every single day as well as our Instagram at Lockdown Chargers and our Lockdown Chargers Facebook page. But make sure to come back tomorrow, guys, for our Super Bowl lessons the Chargers can take away. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.